Good Shepherd Sermon for Sunday, January 29th, 2023. Pastor Paul Talbert. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church and School is located in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, in the United States. Our mission is simple and bold. We seek to grow in faith and knowledge of our Savior Jesus. We want to make him known to others so that they too may share the joys that Jesus has won for them. Here's Pastor. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. God's word for our meditation is from Matthew chapter 5. Before we read the text, I want to read for you what's happening right before our text. Jesus traveled throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching about the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease, every sickness among the people. News about him spread throughout all Syria. People brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, suffering severe pains and demon-possessed, and those experienced seizures and the paralyzed, and they healed them. Large crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. Now comes our text. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up onto a mountain. Then he sat down. His disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them. He said these things. Blessed are the poor in spirit, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, because they will be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, because they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will, they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, because they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, because they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, because they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. In fact, that's how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our defender. Amen. I need to be right up front, very clear with you. I know that usually the first minute of a sermon is the only thing that people actually remember. These Beatitudes, they're not new commandments. There's not a single command here. This is a description. It's not a prescription. A prescription is when the doctor gives you something, and you have to, oh, yeah, and the doctor says, take this, and so you take it and you do it. That's not what this is. Jesus is describing his family of faith. He's describing you and me who trust in him. And Jesus says about us, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, those who are gentle, Bless those are who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted. He describes us. And then he says, we are blessed, another description. In other words, we are not like this so that we will get that way. No, no, no. He is saying, this is who we are, and by the way, even as you are there, you need to know this. And I, 
It's kind of like when, uh, if you're driving around and you see this old, dilapidated house. It's all broken down. And the porch has fallen off. There are holes in the roof. Well, part of the roof that's there might be. And the windows are broken. Uh, it, it definitely needs a paint job on the boards that are still there. Some of the, the, some of the doors are off the hinges. And it's on the wrong side of the tracks. And it's just garbage, you know. When you and I would see a house like that, we would say, well, you know, time to just bulldoze that place down and maybe just put grass there. A builder might look at that house differently. A builder might say, hmm. And when the builder looks at it, he looks at what he's going to be doing with that house, and he looks at a completed project that is only in his mind but he's going to do it to that house. So he sees a house that has a family living in it, kids playing in the yard, maybe in the backyard, inviting family over. He sees everything all perfectly done, even though it's not done that way right now. So he'll spend the money, he'll buy the house, and all the time he's working on a house that you and I would bulldoze, he has in his mind what is going to happen with that house, his plan. That's kind of what Jesus is doing here. He's letting us know that he is real. I am absolutely real. I am real about what life is really like. Life is like that dilapidated house. You and I, we live in dilapidated houses. We're worn and torn by all sorts of junk going on in the world. Sometimes the, the heartbreak of, of living in a sinful world. Sometimes our houses are empty because either there's death or someone's moved away or, or someone's ghosted us and refuses to talk to us. Whatever it might be, we live in this, these dilapidated houses. And when these crowds came up to Jesus, they were tempted, just like you and I, to just throw up their hands. Well, what's the use? Just bulldoze me over and, and be done with it. That's what Job said in the Old Testament. That's what Elijah said. They're all done with life. It's just too hard, too icky, too messy, too complicated. So now what? Jesus sees these people, and they're coming to him, and he knows that he has what they need. So they're being tempted to despair. And at the same time, since there are thousands and thousands of these people coming, the devil is tempting Jesus to say, Ha! You're pretty good there, Jesus. Popular with everybody. Take a little popularity, a little fame. Go ahead and use that for, for some power. And Jesus does not do that either. Satan is going to fall flat on his face again. He's not going to get the people to despair, and he's not going to get Jesus to stumble and fall Jesus opens his mouth. We're told he taught them. He taught these multitudes of people who are being crushed. They're being crushed by the sinful world. You know, they were being crushed even by their own religious leaders in their day. They could not take their children to hear the good news unless they paid up the temple tax. Thank you very much. That's so far from what God had planned. The house is broken. 
The windows are, are broken. The doors are off the hinges. It's only worth bulldozing. The people are aware of that. Jesus is aware of that because Jesus is real. And he knows what's really going on. He stays real in the whole deal, including what's real about his word. Jesus, way, way back when, promised a couple of things. He promised Adam and Eve that he would take care of this mess with sin. He would go to the houses of his creation and he would rebuild it brick by brick, board by board, nail by nail, whip by whip. He would suffer and die for the sin of all of his creation. We don't run into love like that. And here Jesus is saying, you know, you need to know something. Blessed, you are blessed. Because I am here to keep my word. I gave it to Adam and Eve in the garden. I repeated it to Noah when he stepped off the, the ark. I gave it to Abraham when he was all alone, the only guy. I gave it to Peter. Remember Peter? When Peter found out who I was, he said, Get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. And Jesus says, I know you are, and that's why I'm here. Follow me. Follow me. Oh, we've heard that the last couple of weeks, haven't we? Follow me. So Jesus says, when you're following me, stay real about what's going on in life. I know what's really out there. I know. I know exactly what you're going through. I know it better than you do. I know your heart. I know the hearts of everyone around you. And you need to know that I keep my word. No matter what happens, I keep my word. I have promised to come into life and defend you and protect you and guard you and fix up your building until finally it's time for you to go home to heaven. Oh, by the way, in heaven, I don't know if you remember this or not, but in heaven, the scriptures say, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. He wants to get a place ready for us in heaven. And that's what he's working on right now. And when that place is all done and ready for us, and our work here is done, then he will keep his word and take us to be with himself in heaven. We have a God who is real, and he takes really good care of us. And he's indefinite. He knows what's going on. He's real about life, about troubles in life. But he's real about his word and he never, never abandons his word. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, they'll be comforted. Blessed are those who are gentle, they'll inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they'll be filled. Blessed are the merciful, they'll receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, they'll see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. You know why the peacemakers are blessed? Because we imitate the one who created peace between us and God. And so when Jesus looks at us, and when God the Father looks at us, and when the Holy Spirit looks at us, he sees peacemakers. And you know what he calls us? The sons of God. The same status as Jesus. Whoa. 
Even though, when I look at myself, I'm a sinner, God says, no, you are a sinner who has been washed clean by the blood of my Son. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You are united to me in holy baptism. And the scriptures say you're being built up into a spiritual house. See, Jesus stays real. He stays real about what's going on in life, about all the attacks we're in, about how we are feeling. And he says, I'm also real about my word. I have all authority in heaven and on earth. And I'm using that to make sure that you hear my word and are at peace in me. <laughs> what an amazing God we serve. All we can do is say thank you. So how are you going to say thank you? My guess is this week you're going to say, well, maybe I should go back and think about those Beatitudes. You see, everyone likes, kind of likes the commandments. Commandments say, do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. The Beatitudes are way different. They're not a new set of rules. They're not a new set of rules that, oh, now Christians have to do this to make God happy. No, God says, I have taken care of all those rules that you had to follow. They were crushing God's Old Testament people, and they're still crushing people today. You don't have to do anything. God has done it all for you. His perfect life, innocent death, and his glorious resurrection to life again lets us know for certain that our sins are gone. What an amazing God we serve. When the last day comes and we take our last breath on this side of heaven, we're going to open our eyes and breathe in heaven's air. I'm telling you, that is not worth comparing with any stuff going on here at all. It is so far beyond the joy and the peace that we know right now that the Lord says through his apostle, it's not even worth comparing. It's so beyond. And that is all a gift that we didn't ask for, a gift that we didn't work for, a gift that we needed just like those multitudes that came up to Jesus, they were, they were burdened by all those rules. They were feeling worthless. They were wondering if doing the same thing over and over and over again, is that going to make God happy? And they were all dejected, close to despair. And Jesus says, trust me, I know what I wrote in my word. Although your sins are like mountains, my grace covers them. What an amazing God we serve. In his name, this week, let's remember that we are blessed and don't fall into despair. Instead, take that wonderful blessing of God's word and share it with someone around you who does not know. In his name, so let us live. Amen.